And what is up, everyone? I'm Joe DeHoyos. I am the host of Beyond the Woodline. And today I have with me Tarl Bond, but we will call him T for today. Uh, how you doing, T? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Oh, man, you know, I'm doing good. You know, I was glad we were able to chat a little bit before we came on the air. Uh, um, so if you don't mind, kind of give us a little introduction of yourself and what got you into this little strange little field. So it's kind of a long story, but when I was younger, I was more or less interested in things kind of like cryptozoology and stuff. It UFOs and aliens never really caught my attention. Uh, I have a vague remembrance of an ET poster we had back when I was a child, but other than that, not much. I had watched a couple TV shows and stuff like that as a kid, but it never stuck with me. It was always more cryptozoological. Well, in 2008 or so, Ancient Aliens came on. And for some reason, boy, that just grabbed my attention. So I'd go over to my parents every week and watch that with my dad. So it really caught my attention. So what I started doing was I started downloading podcasts, reading books, and just getting my hands on everything I could with the UFO phenomena because for some reason it just gripped onto me at that point. Well, as I started doing that, I started running across, you know, all these UFO cases. And to me, it was pretty much validated that the UFO phenomena is real. There's physical evidence, many witnesses, photographs, videotapes, documents. So the next step would be, who's occupying the UFOs, if anybody? So I had to go down that route. I eventually found the faded disc tapes with the regression tapes of Betty and Barney Hill. Mm -hmm. I tore those apart. I mean, I must have listened to those things at least 20 times each. And from there on, I just started going and finding regression tapes, any other podcasts that dealt with alien abductions or contact experiences. And, well, here I am from there. Mm -hmm. so, so what was that like for you when you started to realizing that there was maybe, I don't, I don't, do we call them mancraft I mean, or alien <laughs> mancraft, you know? Um, I would call them alien craft. Uh, the way, it was really odd, actually, because, like I said, I was kind of a newcomer at the first point. And then all of a sudden, like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, okay, so this is actually happening. And from then on, I mean, I wanted to figure out what was behind it. So yeah. I went over every theory I could possibly find. I listened to podcasts on them being interdimensional, to them being demons, to them being robots, to being just anything. And the one I ultimately fell on initially was the interdimensional hypothesis. But then I, I thought to myself, okay, step back. Why could it not be extraterrestrial? Mm -hmm. And as I started dwelling into that, I kind of went, well, it makes a lot of sense, actually, that they could be. So that's why we're wound up landing. Okay. And are you 100% there, or do you think there's also interdimensional? Oh, I think, 
I think there's a possibility of interdimensionals, mm-hmm. but as far as UFO occupants, I, I more or less land there for now. Okay. Um, I've found that ever since I started this, you know, over time, your theories evolve over time right. from everybody you listen to. And that's the best way to handle it. Instead of just landing on one thing and sticking to it, try to disprove it. Right. Try to disprove it and move on to the next thing and find out what fits the mold the best. Yeah, and you're exactly right because, you know, me with the Bigfoot research background, I was solely 100% stuck on flesh and blood. You know, I didn't want to hear portal jumping or then cloaking or turning themselves into orbs or what have you. Um, I I, I kind of scoffed at all of that, you know, but now with my mind where it's at over the last few years, it's opened up a lot more. And I've, you know, man, there's a lot to this planet to this universe than what we know and or what we think we know. And so now I, I'm not so much as a skeptic about all that stuff anymore. I'm not saying that Bigfoot does all that, but I think there's other stuff that happens, you know? Um, so yeah, so I kind of take all that stuff to heart and I, I listen to it a lot more now. And I really pay attention to it because it's not really fair for me to kind of sit back and say, well, that didn't happen to you. If it didn't happen to me because, you know, uh, certainly we try to talk off the air, certainly weird shit's happened to me. And for someone to tell me, oh, that didn't happen to you. I'm like, well, you know, you don't know. You weren't there, you know. Yeah. You see, nobody should ever tell somebody something didn't happen. Um, I think even the worst skeptic would agree that if somebody says something happened, that person thinks it happened. You can't just go tell them it didn't. Right. Right. That, that's unfair. Right. You know, you might be able to offer another explanation to what happened. And I think that's okay too if you do it the right way. But to tell someone just flat out, well, that's not what happened to you, or you saw a bear, or something like that, you know, or you you, you saw a drone, you know, it, it, you know, that's not right to tell that person that, you know. Oh yeah, um, man, I'm trying to remember his name right now. It it escapes Phil Class. Um, within the UFO field, he was really bad about that. Yeah. I did an interview with Debbie Cobble. Um, and she actually confronted him because he was well known for during the Travis Walton abduction. He actually tried to bribe one of the guys, offer him $10,000 to admit it didn't happen. Oh, wow. The guy didn't do it. He tried to, I guess he wrote an alien abduction book about, well, abductions. And he put Debbie Cobble in there. Well, at the time, Debbie Jordan. He had never spoken to her, never met her. Well, she caught up with him at a conference and confronted him. And, man, she's a tough little lady. <laughs> I he She ripped him a new one. He apologized. And, you know, that's about as much as you get out of people like Philip Man- or Philip Class. Right. But there's a lot of people out there like that that will just write it off when, you know, they really don't have a right. Yeah. And, you know, there's... um. There seems to be two different camps, or maybe three, as far as what the UFO phenomenon is, whether or not they're peaceful or they're not peaceful or that they're just observing us. So what camp would you sit in? You know, I don't think they're hostile because I I think if they wanted to be, you know, they could cause some major damage. Right. Uh, There have been some reports, allegedly, of... UFOs attacking people in Brazil and stuff like that. 
that has happened, but I don't know that I would chalk that up to every UFO encounter being hostile. I would say more or less they're probably neutral and have an agenda to perform. Now, what that is, I don't exactly know. But that appears to be what's going on. And there's a ton of different theories on their agenda. Do you have any in particular that that you might like or that you set on? Um, I'm a little torn on it, but the reproduction aspect of alien abductions is very evident. It's in almost every UFO alien abduction case. Right. I would land on the fact that perhaps they're hybridizing us and them right. as reported, but not like a David Jacobs where I assume that, you know, they want to inhabit our planet. Right. I would go with more of like a panspermia thought about that, that perhaps they're seeding life, maybe on another planet, need genetic material, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I tend to kind of believe that too, because there's just so many, uh, stories about that, you know, um, where people are seeing these hybrid, you know, uh, beings. Uh, oh, absolutely. And a lot of them, you know, uh, especially, you know, the women feel the connection that, that that's their offspring, I guess you could say, you know. Well, like in Debbie Cobble's case, right? when she was abducted, and this is, even though I vaguely watched those TV shows when I was younger and the UFO stuff never stuck with me, on one of the TV shows, there was one particular part that did stick with me. Now, I don't know what what about it caught my attention, but it was an interview with Debbie Cobble that they were doing. And in the background, they played a piece of her regression tape. And in the regression, it was them taking a baby from her. Mm-hmm. And she was just bawling. Right. And... I, I don't know. That's one of those things that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah. Uh, her case isn't uh, uh, the only case that, that, that you hear stuff like that. I, you know, I've heard that from different people and from different sources. And um, that's something that not everyone can just make up. I, I, you know? No, not at all. Um, yeah. I was actually reading a little bit of her newest book earlier. And in there, she's got a document that, was made from the doctor that actually said she was pregnant at one yeah. point, And then a month, month later she tested and she wasn't pregnant right. and it said that she should be. So right. it's, it's things like that that convince me of it. I mean, Kim Carlsberg is another one that's faced that too. And it's very traumatic for these women because it's not like they're just flat out, you know, taking a fully formed baby from you. It's like, you're just now pregnant and a fetus is being taken from you. Right. Yeah, and I've heard cases where uh, doctors have performed ultrasounds and said, "You well, you should have had a baby here." There was, you know, but you don't. You know, I, I, I've I've heard of that happening too. Yeah, and at times even the doctor will reprimand them for saying, "Like, oh, you had an abortion. What are you doing?" Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the whole abduction phenomenon is really, really strange to me. And, uh, me being kind of new to this field and it's, uh, it's, it definitely pulled me in pretty quick. And like I tell everyone, I, I, I get my Richard Dreyfus, uh, 
in uh, zone sometimes where I'm just like, I'm on YouTube or I'm on the internet and I'm just like scouring and listening and reading through everything that I can get. Yeah, I hit that same point. Like I said, back in 2008, I just kept pounding and out. I mean, and I'm here I am now. Um, yeah, it's a far journey for sure. So if you could talk about any of the weirder cases that, that uh, you've, you've heard and or like kind of stick to your stick in your mind, do you have any strange cases or strange in, encounters? Um, yeah, the one that sticks with me, one of the ones that sticks with me the most is one of the ones by Dr. Carla Turner in her book, Taken. And that's the case of Pat. Now, Pat was a young religious girl, and she had an alien abduction experience with her entire family. When she was abducted that night, she saw tall beings enter her room take her grandma, take her family. They all went outside. And at first she didn't want to go with them. Now, what they did was, being religious, presented a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus that came out of the, the ceiling, almost like an apparition, and said, right. it's okay to go with them. These belong to me. These are my angels. Well, that convinced her that everything is okay. So she wound up going with them, her and her sister. Well, the rest of the family didn't. They stayed there, but the two girls did. And the odd part is, other than the whole enticing Jesus thing, was her sister had a different perception than her. Okay. Her sister saw these little abductors with a hat, like a rice paddy hat or like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. And Pat didn't see that. They also told Pat there was like an open trench that they had to walk through. One of them said, walk through this, it'll cleanse you. Some more religious overtones to that. Right. Her sister wasn't told that. Then they were both taken. What that tells me is, if all of this is happening, as I presume it is, they can alter your perception to a certain degree to make it easier for you to go with them. Now, do I think that they there was an actual blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus there? No. I think they presented that to her to make her feel better. And same thing with that religious overtone of, you know, cleanse herself through the fire kind of thing. Right. Yeah, and that would make sense, you know. I think if they showed me a, a taco truck, I'd probably follow them, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes, that, that makes really good sense, you know, the... Um, yeah, to entice you with something that they know that that uh, you'd be enticed with, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, see, we're going to go in another direction with this. A lot of people say, oh, these things are demons, for example, right? Well, that's a little odd for a demon to do. Let's start there. But... In another case, in Dr. Carla Turner's book, there's a woman named Polly. Well, Polly saw two cloaked yellow-eyed beings in her house. She called out the name of Jesus and tried to get them out of there. They didn't do it. Eventually, they just left on their own. Right. And 
you know, I was going to debate a guy about that on my podcast. And I was like, you know what, just, just leave that. Because I went through over the 600 cases, I believe he said he had. I went through some of them. And I was like, you know, this doesn't add up to the alien abduction phenomena. Um, kind of what you're pushing with this religious view of this all being in a person's mind and metaphysical. It doesn't make sense. So I, I guess they, they understand how us as humans work and what we think and what, uh, how we worship, I guess, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. And, well, the claim of this one researcher, I'm not even going to name him, um, was that this was all going on on a spiritual level. There's no physicality to it. That they were demons and you can get them out of there by calling out the name of Jesus when there's multiple accounts of people doing that and they don't go away. Therefore, traumatizing people. I mean, I, I just listened to a thing by Bud Hopkins the other day. And he talked about a little girl that he worked with. And when she was abducted, she prayed for it all to stop and, you know, end. And that didn't happen. And that affected that little girl's perspective on religion. And Bud Hopkins found himself trying to make her feel better about religion, saying, you know, if you pray that a sandwich appears in front of you, it's not always going to happen kind of thing, you know, so it, right. it shouldn't affect your religion. That, that's just another example against the whole, it's on a spiritual level, it's non-physical, they're right. demons thing. Right. Well, you know, that happens in the Bigfoot world, too. People have an experience and their whole outlook changes, you know, uh, on, on, on religion and, and, and their religious beliefs, for that matter. So, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I can get that and understand that. Um, I was going to ask you a question about that. Oh, um. I saw Joshua. He had put on their shapeshifters, right? What What do you think about that? Are they capable of taking different forms, or is that again them able to project themselves in a different way? You know, I would go with more, like I said, an altered perception thing. Like, so what I've had to do since doing this, I thought to myself, let's just start there. I thought to myself, okay, allegedly they can telepathically communicate, right? Let's start with the grays. They have a vestigial mouth, no ears, large head. What I had to do was go, okay, they obviously are not using their mouth to speak. How could they speak with the mind? So initially what I had to start doing was just finding ways that that would even be possible in a scientific manner. So I started looking a little bit into brain waves, alpha, data, data, that kind of thing. And then I started to theorize that perhaps they have a brainwave that can interact with our brainwaves, or perhaps we even have a hidden brainwave that allows them to communicate like that. So the Betty and Barney Hill abduction of 1961, when he, when they were communicating with him, his head began to pound and hurt. That, that was kind of my starting point with it is I was like, okay, so his head hurt. Maybe there's a connection there. Now I haven't finished my research on that, but that's just one theory I came up with. 
So as far as shape shifting, I would go more or less altered perceptions. Okay. Whether that be like blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus to comfort you or reptilian to scare the crap out of you. Right. Do you think they were, they intentionally would try to scare you? I mean, if they're trying to get you to come along and do I it. Would have, I would have to think not. No. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. That would only make it harder. Yeah. It, it's, it's no different than if uh, you're trying to pick up a rat or whatever, you know, and no reason why you would try to scare it before getting it to come with you, you know. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I don't know that they intentionally try to put fear into you. Right. And I, I haven't actually run into that a whole lot either. Right. Yeah, I have I kind of find that people are just scared, you know, for themselves rather than these things trying to put the fear in, into them, like you said. Yeah, it, it's more the initial experience of waking up with three entities surrounding you or coming into your room through a wall kind of thing. Right, right. You know, it's just an initial fear. Right. I'm going to write some of this stuff down. I, I want to tell you something afterwards. Um, I just don't want to forget. But um, yeah, you know, I've heard that too, where people themselves are pulled through their ceilings or through, through their walls. And, you know, uh, I guess they can manipulate matter and, and make that possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, we hear that a lot. Right. Now, if I tried to take that from, like, I try to be very scientific about this and figure out, like, how that's possible. That one is a hard one. I cannot, I cannot figure that one out. Um, but that is reported quite yeah. often. Yeah, I mean, if they can do it, why can't they let make us do it, you know? Well, and theoretically, I've heard it a lot in some cases where a person is taken, and they are taken right out through the wall as well. Right. Yeah, uh, I had a guy on my show tell me that he went right out through the ceiling and through the roof. Yeah. And because uh, he had a regression and he talks about getting on um, getting on the craft and looking down at his feet. And as it took off, he, the, the floor became clear and you could see right through it. As a matter of fact, I think I had two people tell me that. Yeah. That they were still in the craft, but they could see right through the floor. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's those kind of common threads right there that, you know, add validation to the whole entire thing. Have you heard that before yourself? Uh, I haven't, okay. no. Um, the most I've had is a couple vague dreams, but that kind of thing doesn't run within my family line. So I no, mean, I, I said, have, have you heard that yourself where people say that they can see through the floor or throw on the craft? Oh, yes. Yes, okay. I've heard that a couple times. Not yeah. a whole lot, but once or twice. Yeah, yeah. I've only heard it twice. Okay, because there's an astral plane, yeah. And, you know, I've also heard people say that people aren't necessarily being physically abducted, that they're being, like, um, how would you say the proper word for that? I guess almost like out-of-body experience kind of stuff. Do you think that, uh, that they can do that, or why would they do that if they could? See, that one, I don't know about. I, I have heard cases like that. I just, right. I don't really know what to make of them at this point. Yeah, and again, that's something I would never say, well, that's not what happened to you. Um, because it's certainly, I, I wasn't there. And, yeah, you know, but I've heard enough people say that 
for me to say, okay, well, there's something to that. It, you know, at the very least, there's something to it. What's actually See, going on? I don't know. You know, I'm right there with you on that because I've heard that before. It's just I, I don't know what to make of that. That one, see, that's just weird, and I, I can't figure out what to do with it just yet. Yeah, yeah, because to me, to do like a an actual, even if it's DNA extraction of any kind, you would need a physical body, I would guess. You know, exactly. Yeah, you know, um, and then I guess that kind of brings the question: Why take people out of their homes? Then too, they're doing that work; they can't just do it in the in the bedroom. You know, that's a valid point. You know, I mean, they have all this technology and all these uh, abilities and. We still gotta take you on board. I, I don't know unless it's contamination reasons. I don't know. Uh, who knows? It could be for contam or contamination purposes. It could be perhaps like if you're doing it right there next to the significant other, perhaps they would get alerted somehow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It it could be any number of things, but you make some valid points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I still think it's happening regardless. I still think they do it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, why they do that particular, why they go down that particular route, I don't know. Um, what is your thoughts on the uh, Pentagon releasing their information or releasing what, uh, you know, especially with like the, the Tic Tac video? I think it's very interesting, and I see that we're we're moving forward with UFO stuff in a more open setting. So I think we can actually get somewhere with that. I'm not the disclosure guy where I'm like, you know, next year is the year. Right. But I see us moving forward, which is a very good thing. And the last video that they released, you know, during the whole hearings. Right. That wasn't too impressive, but it does show an effort on their part. Well, that's what I was thinking too. Is is it really an effort, or is this just like a little flea flicker, a little trick play? You know? Yeah, I, I think it's that, but yeah. it does get it more in the mainstream, which you know I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's definitely breadcrumbs at the very, very least that they could do is that's what they're doing. Just I, I bet they've got tons of better video than that, and tons of more information than that. I think uh, they do as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. At this point, maybe it's just they don't want to put too big a shock out there. I don't really know why they wouldn't put better ones up, but I'm right there with you. Well, you know, I kind of go back to the movie Men in Black where, you know, uh, Will Smith and uh, what's his name were sitting down. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, and he tells them, you know, a person is smart, but people are, people are, you know, stupid, you know, know, as as a group. I think there would be a lot of... uh, I don't know what panic, but probably a lot of stupid people out there. You know, hell, you saw them biting up all the toilet paper. You know, so that is very true. You know, you tell them, yeah, aliens exist. Who knows what they'll buy up? You know, or what they'll, or what they'll do. You know. Well, even today, I found myself asking, why would they not land on the White House lawn, kind of thing? You know, the old-fashioned debate. Right. And what I asked myself was like, well, of course that. But the answer I gave myself was, like, if they were just hovering above in a craft, let's say that, and they're watching L.A., what are they going to see? You're going to see violence. You're going to see 
some people being polite, but for the most part, you're going to see car chases, that kind of thing, car mm -hmm. wrecks. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. Right. It may not seem too nice to somebody else. Right. And if if they've been really keeping tabs on us, you know, for all these thousands and thousands of years, they've seen how we act. They've seen how dangerous we are towards each other. You know, so, yeah, why wouldn't we act that way with them? Exactly. And even with abduction encounters, um, the aerial school encounter of 1960, or the 62 school children of aerial school in 1994, the warning they got was take care of the planet kind of thing. Was that the one in of, South Africa? Yes. Rue okay. Zimbabwe. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So, like in that, they got a warning about the planet. Mm -hmm. And alien abduction encounters, the same thing happens. Right. They get a warning, put the nukes down, that kind of thing. Back in the 50s and 60s, you had the contactees with the same message. Right. And I find that not to just be coincidence. There's been reports of them messing with nukes and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Honestly, the, the government conspiracy portion of it gets to be a lot. <laughs> so I just try to mainly stick with the alien abduction stuff, but I am familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. What about the the Roswell incident? Uh, do you think they'll ever come out and say, okay, this is what really, really happened at Roswell? And, and are you convinced that there was a UFO crash at Roswell? I'm convinced there was a crash at Roswell. Yeah. Um, there's too many witnesses and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know that they ever will come out about that um, because they have to admit at that point that they were negligent. Um, somebody hid some stuff and mm -hmm. they were in the wrong. I right. don't know that the government wants to come out and do that. Yeah, it, it would probably make them liable for, you know, a lot of people's careers, a lot of people's lives for that matter. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know that we'll ever get a straight answer to that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when was the last known crash that that you know about, or that you can remember off the top of your head? Ooh. You know, honestly, I'm not too sure about that one. Yeah. Um, there's too much that goes into the crash retrieval stuff that I just kind of step back and go, you know, that's for like a Kevin Randall. Okay. You think crashes are accidents? I do think that they're accidents. Um, but see, with that statement, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that because to believe that they could come so far just to get here and they don't know the environment and how it reacts, like let's say a lightning bolt hit their craft and it went down. I'm not too sure that that would happen. Um, I would think that they would know pretty quickly if that was the case and try to correct that but, right. but i'm on the fence about it because i guess i could see it happening i really don't know about that one hmm. yeah I, I i i think there are some crashes that are legit crashes and i think there are probably some that they intentionally drop something off here for us you know to see what what we can figure out or what we can't figure out yeah that could be like you know a little tidbit kind of thing 
yeah, yeah. Again, breadcrumbs from them. <laughs> you know, like our government gives us breadcrumbs, they're probably going to give us the breadcrumbs also. Yeah, that very well could be the case. Yeah, just to see if we can figure stuff out or see what we'll do with it. Maybe you know, are we going to use it for good? Use it for evil? Are we going to share with the other children? You yeah, know? it it could just be one big test. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got a feeling that as far as humanity goes, we probably failed it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that we're doing too good on that front. Um, a lot of stuff has been, I i don't know, nuclear weapons, you know, war. I can't say that we're doing too well. Yeah. Has there ever been cases, uh, you know how like the, the, uh, the UFOs landed outside that school? Has there ever been cases of where UFOs did like a mass uh, abduction? Like, you know land somewhere and take a bunch of people with them that you know that you know of. I know I know they took those fishermen. What was it? Four, there were like four or five of those guys, right? Um yeah, the Allagash abduction. Yeah. Yeah. Um you, you know they've ever taken more than that? As far as a big group, I've only heard about that one time from Daryl Sims. And you know, I don't really Daryl Sims, I don't really follow his research too well. Right. And he's always very vague about that in particular. He yeah kind of pushes his book and says, if you want to know what happened, here's the book. Hmm. But I've only heard about it in that kind of case. Usually it's a small group of people or maybe just one or two. Right. Kind of like the Allagash abductions. Maybe it's a family, like in the case of Pat. Um, okay. But it's it's never a large, like, you know, like 20, 30 people. Right, right. Do you remember the incident where there was a hunter... And he was like up in a tree, and his robot came after him, and he was shooting his bow and arrow at it. I and have he, heard that. What and it had the smoke that? that came up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the guy seemed genuine. He did seem genuine. Um, that I don't. That one's really interesting. Some of the cases are. Yeah, they have know, odd I mean, things that go on. Right, and that was one of the oddest things I've ever heard. Were because it was. Two beings at first, right? And they were trying to coax him out of the tree or something like that. And or he saw them and he ran up the tree. But eventually this robot creature came trying to gas him. It actually did gas him what twice and he he tied his belt around himself or or he tied himself to the tree so he wouldn't fall out. Yeah. And he and he, and he shot it a couple of times with his uh bow and arrow. And he talks about how strong of, of a of a bow he had and you know, the, the animals he's taken down with it and it just bounced right off of him and uh, yeah, that was it. Was just a strange, strange story on on why that that happened to him like that. Well, and, see, uh, yeah, like in that case, I can't really say the altered perception was the case. You know, like of uh, seeing a robot when really you were seeing like a a drone or something. It right. seems like that might have legitimately been the case. Um, right. Because I mean, he flat out shot it with an arrow. I really don't know what to make of that. I. I would have to agree with you that it seemed very genuine. Yeah. So I would say it just happened the way he said it, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what his health was like afterwards. I, I wish I would have paid more attention to that because I, I know uh, he was he was asked about that. But I know sometimes people, especially with like UFO sightings, um, like the one here in Texas, I think it was in, in Dayton, right outside of Houston, where they were in the car and it flew over the car and they wind up I think the mother and her sister and her mother and her, and her mother 
because I think it was, there was this young boy in the back seat, and they wind up getting mm. like uh, uh, cash landrum case. Yeah, there you go. They wind up getting like what was lymphoma or something like that. I don't remember what they got. Yeah, they um, got some form of cancer, and yeah. you know that was interesting because that's one of the only cases that I mean they sued the government and actually won. Yeah, because the government said that it was them, and that's probably why they messed up. But I guess they didn't want to tell the truth, you know. Yeah, uh, because yeah. there was I think six or eight helicopters around a diamond-shaped craft that had fire coming out of the bottom, right? And it melted the dashboard. I right. mean. Yeah, That's yeah, they all really got burns. One. Yeah, yeah, they all got like, like second degree burns, as a matter of fact. And I yeah. think the the little boy, I think I think I said I think it was I don't remember who it was. I know his mother was one of them, but he still lives in the area. Yeah, yeah. yeah he still lives out there, and people are always trying to get in touch with him because they want to know more. But he, of course, he's not going to come out and talk about it. I guess you know he was probably a young kid anyway. He probably doesn't remember too much. And, um. You know what you think about that, but and I mean, what could you make out of that incident? Was it were they just wrong place, wrong time? I I think it was just a wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think they were just driving along, and like I said, wrong place, wrong time, helicopters. <laughs> but then again, on that front, you would have to assume that they're up in the air, they're helicopters. They can obviously see somebody on the road, right? ahead of them so you know maybe it wasn't wrong place wrong time and it was something along the lines of let's see how this affects this person kind of thing yeah yeah this, this definitely uh, um so like as far as craft go what is like some of the most common crafts that are uh, are reported that you think are legit ufo crafts so there's the three big ones which is the saucer there's the triangular craft and there's the cylindrical craft. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone that is those three is very valid. Um, as far as a ball of light, that's pretty common. And that one, just do your research when you see those. Because that could be flares, it could be a star in the sky kind of thing. If you can write those things off and it's a legitimate just light in the sky and it's real weird... Then you got something. Um, so we had this machine put in at our job. And uh, one of the guys uh, at my job was talking to the installer. And I don't know how they got onto the subject of me. But <laughs> he told them that I was into like UFOs and paranormal and Bigfoot. And so the guy walks over there to me. He tells me, he goes, you know. When I was a uh, a kid, he lived up in the Dallas area. He lives in Florida now, but he grew up in the Dallas area. That uh, he remembers walking home, you know, through the woods, and uh, he come across some power lines, and he saw this craft that was like this saucer shaped craft sitting down under the power lines, and it had the the door open, like you know, like there was like a door that flipped down. He goes, like, we couldn't see inside, we couldn't see anything was there, but it scared the hell out of us. And, and we took off running, but he was he was a kid when he saw that. And then I, I want to show you this picture. This is a picture that uh, my daughter uh, saw. Hmm. You know, she saw this man a good fifteen years ago. I want to say um, they were going down south, uh, in South Texas, towards a place called Raymondville, which is almost to the border. Um, 
She said she was in the backseat. It was already dark. And uh, thanks for joining the show, guys. And uh, she was sitting down, and she was kind of leaning against the window. And she looked up at the window, and she saw these lights. She thought that it was her phone, that her phone had came on. So she looked down at her leg to look at her phone. She goes, not only was it off, but it was face down. The screen was face down on her leg. She says, so she looked back up at it. It actually was it was following the car, and then it shot backwards. Just, mm. she says, just like that, it shot back. She goes, but it shot backwards like it was like skipping, you know, almost like it was skipping. She says that it reminded her of that movie. Uh, what's that kid's name who played Anakin Skywalker? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was in it too, or where, where he could like teleport. But she goes, that's, that's yeah, yeah, jumper. There you go, jumper. Yeah, jumper. And uh, she said that uh, that's what it reminded her. Like she goes, it was almost like it was doing that, but it shot straight backwards. She goes, just like that. It's just that's very interesting. Yeah. And that craft is portrayed a lot. So I mean, that's yeah. very common. Yeah, and like I said, she saw that man. It was at least fifteen years ago. Yeah, she was a kid, and uh, she called me up when she got to the hotel and. Uh, she's like, hey, dad, this just happened to me right now. And I said, draw a picture of it right now. So she drew the picture. And I lost it, but she, but she drew it again for me a couple of months ago and I asked her about it. <laughs> she goes, oh, yeah, she goes, I know exactly what it looked like. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say that those are government craft. Um, right. Personally, I don't, I don't think so. Right. Uh, I don't think our government's quite that advanced. Right. And... Like, if you look into Terry Lovelace's abduction, for example, mm -hmm. he was taken on a craft just like that. Okay. And it was huge. Um, I believe he saw, so obviously the little gray dudes, he saw a mantis there. And mm -hmm. I think he said there were other military men there as well. Okay. But I don't go with the thought that those would be government. Right. Because people like to call them the TR-3Bs. Mm -hmm. But that is a very commonly reported UFO. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen it posted around on several, you know, UFO groups. You know, it's always the same, you know, well, you've probably seen the same picture, you know. Oh, with, yeah. With the, red, with the red lights and the white light in the middle. And that's exactly how she described it to me, too. She told me the same thing that the outer lights, that the three outer lights were red and the center one was white. Yeah, yeah, that's the way she would describe it. I think that's how she described it to me. So, like the one that I told you about that I saw in Galveston, which I talked about that. Uh, I, I talked about that before. Um, I'm more inclined, almost, to believe that maybe that could have been military uh, or at least government stuff, only because there's a there is a place called Ellington Field, not too far from there. I'd say maybe I don't know, 25, 30 miles from where I was at, which isn't extremely far, you know. Um, and just and just the way that it was flying, you know, I I don't know. It, it, when I think about it, sometimes I'm like that. It almost felt I don't know if I can if that's the right word, but it almost felt like it was like a test flight, you know. So uh, you yeah. know, so I'm I'm kind of inclined to think that sometimes, but I don't really know either, you know, because at the time when I saw it, and it it freaked us out pretty much, you know. Me and my, me and my father and I both were like, what the did we just see? I mean, we saw it, like I said, perfectly clear. You know, we I, I could draw it for you right now, and I have drawn pictures of it for people. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, we saw it so clear, so clear. Like I said, I think a professional baseball player could have hit it with a baseball. Yeah. 
Well, see, that very well could have been the case on that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see. There's just so many things that are, you know, it's on the fence like that. Where I'll make a claim like that. Where okay, that breakneck speed. Right. I don't know how our government would really get past that. Right. But then when you make the point of that, yeah, it it very well could be that perhaps our government did build something similar to that. Right. I believe I've seen some of your stuff. Hey, Josh, I really appreciate you participating. Man, you've got a lot of comments in here, so I appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm okay with someone saying that could have been military because you know, like I said, military bases. It's not, it's not a base per se. It's an airfield. You know, they, I think they primarily have helicopters there. They don't, it's not like a landing strip or you know any kind of big airplanes or whatever or jets. It's it's a it's like a helicopter airfield actually is what it is. Um, yeah, it's not really much of a staging area or anything like that where they hold a lot of troops or anything. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm I'm definitely open to that. And then if that's the case, then what I saw was a government, you know, ship aircraft. See, yeah. and I think that's the best way to be about this whole subject is you got to be open to all possibilities. Um, Try to write it off if you can't. I mean. Well, you know, like I said, even if you can't write it off, at least be open to other options. And Absolutely. You See, know, um, because if, I think if you stay focused and you can fall into that trap where everything is UFO, everything is alien, everything is, you know, extraterrestrial, you know, you, you got to keep it open. And that's what I do when I go out to the woods and I look for Bigfoot and, I, uh, you know, I hear a branch snap. I don't think, okay, well, that's a Bigfoot right away footsteps okay well that's got to be a big but you gotta okay what else is out here what else do we know is out here we know we got deer calls and you know coyotes you know we gotta you gotta i hate to say it but you gotta be smart about it exactly you can't um, keep the see, blinders on i've never been super like a super skeptic but ever since i started doing my research like i started out just believing everything and then I would realize that somebody lied about something. Right. So, like, somebody lied about an abduction and was busted. Right. Well, then me believing everything went down. Right. So then I realized, okay, I have to be more skeptical about things. Yeah. So, like, when I contacted people on Facebook asking about UFO and alien abduction experiences, I met a guy. I'm not going to call him out on here, but... He sends me some UFO videos. Fine. Well, what he sent me was he had a light outside and he had bugs flying around the light. And it was very obvious. Some of the other pictures were kind of blurry, you know, and a little more believable, but obvious bugs flying around a light. And I thought to myself, let me go through some of his other stuff and... I kept seeing the same thing. And I went outside and I tested it with my light. And I was like, this guy's trying to dupe me. I mean, I put myself out there on Facebook asking for it. So, of course, a couple of people are going to try to. But, like, in that case, I found that you have to be a little skeptical. And like you said, use your rational mind. Right. Now, I don't think for the most part that everybody's lying. I try to take people right off the bat 
they're telling me the truth until I find out otherwise. Right. Yeah, I had someone send me some pictures. Uh, they were they look crazy. They were like, "Holy shit! They, they they've they've got something here on film um, of these streaks that was like across their camera." Have you ever taken a picture and like? Uh, I guess if you don't set your aperture quite right, you get like you know like a car light will kind of streak across. Yeah. Your you know you know uh, which which is an effect. A lot of a lot of people still use it this day. Uh, photographers. Well, it was it wasn't quite to that extent. It was like a, it, it looked like a blue tube. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy, right? So I'm looking at it, and one night I'm out here taking pictures, and I had the same thing come up on my phone. I'm like, holy shit, you know what am I catching here on my phone? And I, I'll admit I kind of got carried away. Uh, with my thinking, and I went out there to see if I could duplicate it, and I kept duplicating it, and it turns out it was a street light that's like behind my house that was doing it. You know, um, I know, and and that feeling hurts so bad too, because yeah. I mean, you want the good old I want to believe thing. I mean, right. I'm right yeah. there with that, but yeah. at the same time, I tried to take the J. Allen Hynek way of looking at it, which is right. try to disprove it. If you can't, then it's something anomalous. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I was just so glad. I I don't post stuff anyway. Even when I do find stuff, I don't post anything. But that was definitely something I was like, holy shit, I'm so glad I'm not crazy enough to post this and then have to come out and say, hey, you know what? It's a, it's a streetlight, guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think, uh, but it it's good. Um, I think it's good etiquette for people to go out and try to do, to debunk anything that they capture on film or on video or you hear a noise. You gotta see if you can duplicate it. You got to see if you can replicate it. Um, I think that's just being honest with yourself, if not with the community. It is. And, you know, like you said, it's, it helps the community a bunch. Um, Because if you can call somebody out, like, let's say somebody put a Bigfoot video out there, right? Oh, that never happens. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's say that it, you found out that that was a bear. Absolutely. Right. Well, I mean, I, I feel like you would just have just have to get it out there and say right. something about it. I mean, oh. it, it may suck and you want that to be the case, but yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what's big in the Bigfoot community is uh, people taking pictures. Uh, and they take these pictures from, you know, two, 300 feet away and then they blow it up and they say, look, there's a Bigfoot right here. When it's so pixelated and so distorted, you can't make a difference from uh, a branch, a tree, shadow, leaves, you know, and it's like, dude, you can't do that. You just can't, you know. Uh, I'd much rather see the original picture from that distance and let me try to figure it out on my own. Yeah, what? Let people tear it apart, analyze it. Yeah. I mean, there's even programs you can throw it in your computer, twist it right. around, see what's going on. I mean, yeah, I, that's the best way to prove it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think it keeps you honest and it, it makes the community look better. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with taking constructive criticism and there's nothing wrong with giving it. But you, if you're going to be a jerk about it, then I don't think you should be giving criticism either. No, 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 no. Yeah. And I've run across people like that before too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I catch it like... I would badger somebody's ass about it. I mean, you got to be polite. They're people too. Right. Yeah. And especially if it's an honest mistake, because I know we have some people in our field who like take pictures every single day and say that there's a Bigfoot in the, in the every single picture, you know, 
in my conclusion. You know, that's just not possible. I mean, maybe it is, but I just don't think it is. You know, every time you go out, you run into a Bigfoot. You know. Well, yeah, like back to that guy who did that, gave me those videos. Um, I have no need to call him out. I mean, yeah. he knows I, I'm not going to embarrass him. That's just how it is. I mean, I debunked it. That's just it. I mean, there's no need to embarrass and ridicule the guy. Right. Just debunked. So we're kind of on, we're kind of on that subject. Let me ask you real quick: What do you think about Bigfoot? Is it real? I think it might be. Um, I've never done a whole bunch of Bigfoot research. Like right. my cryptozoological stuff that I did when I was younger, more or less dealt with like sea monsters that kind of thing oh, where yeah. i was like is this possible yeah. but i could definitely i'm open to that opportunity and i've spoken to other people just mundane people right. and they agree with me like it's possible yeah yeah you know um you talked about sea creatures i i i, I want to tell you a story real quick i ran into this young lady at a convenience store out near the samuelson forest and she saw my friend's truck had a bunch of bigfoot stickers and she's like, yeah, you know, I've seen one before. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah. She told me the story about her seeing it out in California in the Big Bear Mountains. And she goes, I want to tell you something else that happened to me. She goes, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. I'm like, well, tell me. She said when she was a young girl, I don't remember if it was in uh, actually in the ocean or, or lake now, as she told me. But she, was, she said that her grandparents had a pier and she would jump off and she would dive. And that was real deep. And uh, I think she said she was like 12 or 13 years old at the time. And, she said there was a, like this big crack, a big crevice at the bottom, and she would always try to swim down there. And uh, she, but she could never make it. But she goes, "This one day, I said, you know what? I'm gonna swim down there. I, I'm gonna make it down there because I want to see what's down there." She said she got almost down there. She realized she was too far deep to make it back up. You know, so she started swimming back up. She said she was kicking and swimming as hard as she could. And she goes, "I was just about to run out of air, and these two hands came in front of her face." And they opened up, and like this big air bubble came and filled her up, and she was able to breathe that air bubble in. And she said she made it back up to the surface. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was definitely weird, but I mean, there was no reason for her to make up that story, you know? Um, yeah. That was, that was, so was it a mermaid? Was it an ET, an underwater extraterrestrial, you know? Cause they're definitely sightings of those craft going underwater too but i mean who really knows you know uh she didn't seem and i hate to say it but she didn't seem crazy you know because you talk to some people and whether i don't care what field you're in you're like okay this guy's kind of off his rocker you know <laughs> uh but yeah. yeah she seemed just as normal as you and i and she's like I'm a, I'll, I'll tell you anyway but, uh, yeah it was it was uh yeah that was an interesting story and i was i wanted to be able to share you that share that with you yeah, that is interesting. I don't really know what to make of that, but that is that's unique. I haven't heard anything like that. Yeah, yeah. She said the two hands came in front of her like this, like they were together, and they just opened up, and that this big air bubble filled up in front of her face, and she breathed in the air bubble and made it to the surface. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Whatever happened to her that day, I, I think it happened to her, and uh, so she was, uh, she was very safe. genuine. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But, uh, so yeah, man, we're coming up at the end of the hour, man. I still wish we could talk about much about more. I have to get you on to get get you on, and we'll have a part two to this. But um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you, you want to let people know how to reach you and how to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah. Um, you can reach me at theufos at yahoo.com. Uh, you can get on my Facebook page, which is Abduction Enigma now, or abductionenigma.webador.com. I don't have a lot on the website, but, you know, you can reach out to me on that. And I'm open to anything. Um, I know you are, are you working on any projects of your own that you want to talk about or, um, I've got a couple projects going. Um, so I'm working on a book that one's taken me a little bit, you know, I'm not an author, but I'm doing the best I can on it called dark black eyes about the alien abduction phenomena. Um, there was a 1992 survey done and nobody's done one since of, people who possibly may have been abducted. And I kind of want to get another one of those surveys going, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm, I'm figuring out how to do that. Right. And just compare the numbers from the old research that was done. Okay. That's a, that's what I'm doing right now. And then, of course, there's my podcast, Abduction Enigma. Okay. Did you talk about your website? Yeah. Um, on the website, I have an alien abduction questionnaire um if you fill that out and you'd like me to get in touch with you about it just hit yes at the top and send it off to me um if for some reason you don't hear from me just send me an email and i'll get right back to you it's just me running the show so i mean i get every email that's good and as far as like a blog and stuff on there goes i have one posting i don't I don't really have a whole lot of time for that part. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I understand that. I I thought at one time I was going to do that, but I just don't have time for it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, cool beans, man. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. And, uh, and like I said, I got to have you on again because there's so much more to talk about in this field. And, you know, I really like to get some more uh, of your insight. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, everyone in the chat, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next, I believe it's next Thursday, man. And uh, you want to hold on for a minute, T, and I'll, uh, I just want to tell you one thing. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, everyone else, man, you have a good evening, guys. <laughs>